Tonight, tonight, why not? He'll make you think. I think I'm going to break protocol here, though. He'll make you laugh. Is it conceited of me? Because, I mean, I'm puffing my chest out a little bit. And he lives for a take that'll make you do both. He says things I can't say. Nothing tops overtime, whether it's on the field or on the air. People don't forget. It's time for Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Welcome on in. It is overtime with Jonathan Peter. I'm glad you guys could be with me here on this Tuesday. Oh, that's nice. I thought I locked myself out of my uh, my Odyssey password and login and everything because I, I changed my password. This company, they make you change your password every, it's like it's like 60 days or 90 days. I got a whole list of passwords I've gone through. And then I thought I changed my password. I thought it was approved. I go to log into my password because I got to get the promo suites up, which is just my live copy and everything I got to read off. And it's like, nope, that's going to be a no. You're, you're not getting in this password. You are not getting through. And I'm, I'm doing the, the reset. And I thought this was going to be one of those things where it would just, it would take me like the entire show. And I was going to have to like in between breaks, do a lot of work and try to figure things out, which is all things I just don't want to be doing. If I'm being honest about it, no, seems like we might be all right. Got myself a new password. It's been updated. Let's continue this bad boy on, and let's continue this show on with you guys. Hopefully, everything moves forward, and it moves all right. I always think about these Odyssey passwords. So what some of you guys don't know is that I have a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, training, which I'm sure you guys have as well. I'm sure you guys work for any sort of company in 2023. You guys have all these, like, training modules you have to do, all the different, uh, and they're all good. They're all good. They're what you're supposed to do, right? HR videos. You got to learn about the different workplace videos, stuff like that, right? They're way, way heavily produced. Sometimes you watch them and you're like, the quality isn't this good on Netflix. How are they doing this right now? Like they, you could tell they casted people for this role. Imagine, imagine doing that. Like I, I went to Hollywood to be a big time star and it's like, all right, what am I casted as? Well, uh, currently I'm going out for guy number three that says a wrongful comment near the water cooler in the workplace. I'm going to get this role, mom. I'm going to get this one. Look for me in all your HR videos. Got all these videos, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, there's no way, there's zero way, everyone at the company does these videos. They're just, they just can't. There's no way Boomer Esiason, a colleague of mine, that's what I like to call him, he's a colleague of mine, does these videos, right? There's just no way. There's no way everyone at this company, with the amount of busy people we have and the amount of like what you would call quasi celebrities that we have at this place. No way they all do the training. No way they do. Oh, they all do this. Uh, the videos attached to it. Got a lot of videos. You guys knew. You guys know what it's like, though. 2023. This is what the workplace is these days. Uh, so I got to get in to be able to do all this stuff to, to function. So I'm gonna work on that. Uh, I think I got it fixed. Though. I think we're all fine. We're ready to go. And that's how my day is going so far. Uh, and listen, has it been a good day? Yeah, I'd say it's been a pretty good day so far. So I'm hoping to have a pretty good show with you guys here. It's a five-hour show, which always makes me smile. Anytime we can do a, a Tuesday full boat of a show, it always makes me smile. We get to plan things out. Uh, Miles Simmons, our buddy from ProFootballTalk.com. We have not talked to Miles in a little bit. Local kid done good. He's going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Yeah, did I, did I reach out to a local kid doing national work on what might be the most important Browns game in the Kevin Stefanski era? outside of the playoff victory, which not many people even want to give him. Yeah, I did, because I thought he'd have fun with it. I know I'm going to have fun with it, and I bet you guys will have fun with it as well. Miles Simmons joining us at 8 o'clock. we got Daryl Ryder for our weekly hit at 9.20, Fan Focus at 9. Oh, and we got a juicy one in there. 
for the fan focus. You guys are going to want to hear this. We'll talk about it. It's actually so good. We'll talk about it at some point before the fan focus gets underway. And then it's double backed into the fan focus. We also got uh, off the beaten path with Jake and all sorts of different things to get into as well. But where I want to start with you guys is the narrative that we had in the preseason about this Browns team and where you guys stand with it now. The narrative about this Browns team was pretty simple. And I got a couple different clips. It took me zero time at all. I put a lot of work into these shows. This took me zero time at all to try to pull up. The the objective and the goal was find somebody in the preseason or before the preseason that said something to the effect of, as the season goes, Deshaun goes. Because that was the narrative we had, right? The narrative before the year was this team can only do what Deshaun does. And this team is only as good as Deshaun is. And now as we fast forward, we're three and two coming off victories against the Bengals and the 49ers, the two hardest teams on the schedule. And you can make a legitimate argument in both of those games. Our quarterback was not only not the outcome for why we won those games, but emphatically weren't great. Let's start with, uh, oh, who do we want to start with here? Let's start with our buddy Ross Tucker. All right, so this was Ross preseason uh, talking about Deshaun Watson. Here we go. They need Watson to be a top 10 player. You know, they're paying him to be a top 10 player. They gave up stuff for him to be a top 10 player. Okay. Need him to be a top 10 player. How about Matt Verderami? We like him, right? He's on afternoon drive every now and then. Here we go. He has to be a Pro Bowl-level quarterback in the AAC. If he's not, that's a catastrophic situation. Catastrophic situation. You know, I grab Jason Lockin for as well. Let me throw, I'm gonna throw a third one in the mix here. I pulled like six or seven of them. Uh, let's throw Jason Lock and four. And I wanna, I wanna preface this by saying, uh, Jason, Jason not only didn't like the defense, but, uh, he doesn't like Deshaun either. For me, the balance of power in the AFC hasn't really changed a whole lot. You know, I think there's the teams who have quarterbacks and the teams who don't. And I can't buy their defense. I can't. And the gauntlet of quarterbacks you play in this conference, to me, they're a middle-of-the-road kind of team, Like, which is exactly where you really probably don't want to be, especially when you gave up all that for the quarterback. All right, talk about really just eating your words there when it comes down to that defense. I just don't think the defense is very good. At least I'll give him this point. He didn't put it all on the offense to go try to win games. He didn't do that. Berto Ramey says he's got to be a Pro Bowl quarterback. Ross Tucker says he's got to be a top 10 quarterback. Jason had no faith in him to begin with anyway, but that's why he thought that we were going to be garbage and a grease fire. The narrative before the season was as Deshaun goes, we go. I kept thinking about it. It was like that 2016 line the Cubs had as they were taking on the Indians. They had Dexter Fowler, remember him, the leadoff batter? Uh, uh, you know, Dexter goes, we go. That was basically their line. You go, we go. It was one of those type things. Now I'm a Cubs fan, so that one's going to stay with me for a little bit. Apologies, I know. It's, it's what it is. But that, like, that line from that World Series will always stay with me. And that was kind of one of the lines that the Browns and, and Browns media and Browns fans had kind of carried over. The idea that, as Deshaun goes, this team will go, but we wake up now three and two, and the defense is the bell of the ball. The defense is the reason why we're talking so much about this Browns team right now. As it pertains to the Browns offense, they've seen better days. We lead the league in turnovers on offense, 30th in yards, 29th in touchdowns. Let's put this in different perspective. I did this yesterday. I want to hear it. I want to play it again just in case. I want to do it again just in case you guys didn't hear it. The Tyreek Hill, Dolphins wide receiver, right, has 814 yards receiving for the Dolphins alone this year. 
while the Browns have 864 yards passing this year. It is a neck-and-neck race between who's going to have more receiving yards when the time is up at the end of the season, the Browns or Tyreek Hill? Now, what's incredible about that is he's definitely coming for the uh, the Calvin Johnson mark. Definitely coming for that. But the idea that that the Browns offense could be in the same stratosphere as one single player doesn't make you feel the greatest. But I got to ask you guys to weed off. 216474 to below 92. Something happened with the win against the 49ers. Now I want to do a check-in with where we got, where we're all at. Is the narrative as the season goes, Deshaun goes? Or are you flipping that and you're saying to yourself, you know what, we have such a great defense, one of the best defenses the league has ever seen, according to what a lot of people are projecting out. In the first five weeks of the season, there's not been a defense that has held a held their teams to as few points as the Browns in the previous 50 years. I just don't know that I can 100% buy into us being a defense or bust team. Part of why we're going to have a big Kevin Stefanski discussion early, or later on in the show, and part of why we had them earlier and all throughout the day, whether it was uh, Nick and Spencer in the afternoon, whether it was Baskin and Phelps, or whether it was the morning show, is the idea that this whole season has got to be based off of what happens with Deshaun Watson. The $230 million man, the guy you gave up six total picks for and three first-round selections for, that's what the Browns need if we're going to have success. I'd love to tell you defense wins championships. I think defense helps aid in winning some titles, but you heard that clip before my show got underway. It was Juan Thornhill, right, Juan Thornhill. They played the clip. We had all sorts of 92-3, the fan sounders around it, talking about how he's been to three Super Bowls or whatever it is. And I know the Chiefs have been to three and have won two in the previous five years. But Juan Thornhill, I thought, had only gone to two, neither here nor there. He's played on Super Bowl winning teams, and he's like, this is the best defense I've ever had. Well, yeah, it probably is the best defense you've ever had, Juan, because last year's Kansas City Chiefs defense was below league average. It wasn't very good. In fact, we were setting new parameters on how bad you could be as a defensive team while still having someone like Patrick Mahomes and ending up in a winning situation. Because if you remember that Super Bowl, as the part that I'm not saying Juan Thornhill should be embarrassed by his Super Bowl ring. He won the ring. Good for him. Congratulations to himself. It'll be on his tombstone. He's earned it. Good for him. But the reality is, is that that Super Bowl finished in the high 30s between both teams, and we were making a legitimate argument whether the Super Bowl MVP should go to Jalen Hurts, the opposing team's quarterback, because he put on such a show. We were this close, this close, to having one of the first Super Bowls my bird brain can remember where the opposing quarterback loses, the non-winning team's quarterback loses the game, that's what makes him the non-winning team, and still ends up with the Super Bowl MVP trophy. We were this close. In the era of Patrick Mahomes, who is LeBron James, who's Michael Jordan's of his of his respective sport, and we're trying to pad stats to make sure that thirty five years from now in the in the Brady versus Mahomes debate, you can have as many loaded up into your arsenal as you want for Patrick Mahomes. He almost didn't get the MVP award last year for the Super Bowl. Like that's that's how that's how good Jalen Hurts was. In that game in particular. That's how poor Kansas City's defense was. I'm not saying that the Browns' defense has to be the 85 Bears, the 2000 Ravens. Those teams just aren't winning you the title alone, though. 
You're not winning a, you're, it, oh man, you're gonna make me go back to the 85 Bears and relitigate. That, that was a bad part of my childhood. I don't want to relitigate the 85 Bears. It's a bad part of my childhood because I'm from Chicago and every, you know how like if you're, if you're born in 89, like I'm born in 89, right? If you're a 1989 Cleveland kid, Every single household that you went into has like a 19 Bernie Kosar jersey on the wall. You have all sorts of like, uh, you know, 80s Browns memorabilia and they talk about all those great 80s teams. You're like, Jesus, if I have to hear one more thing about, I like Bernie, but if I have to hear one more thing about Bernie in the time period I wasn't a part of, I'm going to lose it. That's, that's what the 85 Bears was for me growing up. I don't care about the Super Bowl shuffle. I was negative four years old. It did absolutely nothing for me. Walter Payton, fine. I didn't get to watch him play. That's just my my perspective on it is all. But so many people it means so much to, and I understand that, and I get that. But those teams are long gone. You don't win that way in the NFL anymore. you got to have an offense, and you got to have a top offense. And maybe the timing of this whole thing is poor, but I feel like everyone wants to make us a defensive team. Baskin and Phelps spent 20 minutes today talking about defensive nicknames for this team. Uh, they want to make us this defensive team. You traded Deshaun, you traded for Deshaun Watson, gave him $230 million, six picks total, went through a year and a half of everyone besmirching the Browns and muddying us up and giving us bad nicknames and Throwing dirt on this name because we went and rolled the dice with a guy with a lot of allegations, and you want to be a defensive team? That's what you want? No, 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 no. When we traded for Deshaun Watson, I said we need to go for Super Bowls with an S. Getting a good defense was a part of that, but it wasn't me saying, hey, Deshaun, to the back burner you go, let's get a great defense. What are we doing here, people? We are losing the plot. I'm excited we got a great defense. I'm just as excited as you guys are. But it's all about Deshaun. And it's always going to be about Deshaun, especially in this AFC. All right. 216-474-0092. At JP, I want to say find me on Twitter, J-P-E-T-E-R-L-I-N. Is the narrative still out there as the season goes, Deshaun goes? Or are you sitting there to yourself and saying, this this JP guy? You might be saying it anyway, but you're saying to yourself, what an idiot. Defense wins championships. Jim Schwartz, let's do this thing. Oh, we're going to debate this one. Miles Simmons joining us at 8, Daryl Ryder at 9.20. It's overtime with Jonathan Beadle here with you on The Fan. All righty, back out of here on The Fan. I'm asking you guys if the narrative is still as the season goes, Deshaun goes. And I know this makes a lot of you guys feel a little uncomfortable because right now, you guys want to make sure that this top defense, and I really do believe this defense is the best in the NFL, but you guys want to make sure that the top defense gets its proper credit. I understand that. I'm here to give it to them. Tomlinson's been amazing. Miles Garrett's been amazing. Honestly, the cornerback situation has not been getting nearly enough love. Denzel Ward, after last year, I think some people got nervous. Like, wait, what's going on with Denzel? Why is he not as good as he had been, and he's not living up to the $100 million contract? He has been in fuego this year. MJ Emerson with his first interception last weekend. They've just they've been really good. i got no problems with having a great defense. But I can't continue going down this year with the idea that having a great defense is what this team is going to be built on. I, I need us to have Deshaun be good. That's my main point. And if the narrative is still, as the season goes, Deshaun goes, I'd say that's where I fall. 
That's where I fall in line. I'm like, yes, but I know you guys aren't going to believe that. And maybe because right now it feels comfortable. Now, I do believe that the defense being great gives Deshaun a chance to ease into the season coming off and coming back from his surgery or injury, excuse me. Gives him a chance to ease into that part of the year and maybe a way in the fashion that he wasn't able to or wouldn't have been able to if he had this injury and let's say they did lose the 49ers game and let's say they didn't look as dominant against the Bengals because the defense held Joe Burrow to a career low in yards passing. Like there's a lot there. But ultimately at the end of the day, the important part that has to happen here is Stefanski, if he's going to earn his keep, he's got to find a way to get to Deshaun and get Deshaun to being at least Maybe what, nine to 14 in the NFL? Like, like we can talk about the, the goalpost being moved for Deshaun where he doesn't have to be a top five quarterback anymore. That's what the great defense affords you, but he does still have to be somewhere around the top 10 if the Browns are going to have deep postseason aspirations. And I'm sorry, I'm, I, you know, I'm getting excited for a regular season win, but ultimately I want the season to culminate in a deep postseason appearance. I'm not just satisfied with making the dance. I want to actually go to the dance and have a good time. I'm not just sitting there in the corner. Sipping on some punch, waiting for someone to, you know, ask me to dance. Like what Tyler Huntley was with the Ravens last year. No, thank you. You barely attended the whole thing. I want to actually do it. I want to be a threat. I want to be a team that other teams are not only scared of, but they're thinking to themselves, what? I, they really snuck up us on, on us here. I, we're not favorites in this game. The Browns are the favorites in this game. Okay. All right, let's get to work. 216474 to below 92. Belichick had multiple number one defenses when Tom Brady made it to the Super Bowl. And although people recognize that Brady had help, you never heard about the fact that from 2006 to the year he left in 2019, 13 years, he had one scoring defense out of the top 10. Not many whispers about those great defenses when people bring up those Patriots teams. Like if I pulled sports fans and asked them what they remember about those Patriot dynasty squads, they'd say Brady, They'd say Gronk, they'd say Edelman, they'd say Belichick, they'd say Deflategate. The list goes on and on before we get to a defensive piece of the puzzle. Randy Moss would probably get brought up before any part of the defense, and the defense was absolutely dominant during the second half. Not the first half, even though they were dominant there and more dominant, but the second half of the Patriots' Tom Brady era. 13 years, one defense outside of the top 10 in scoring. And you know why we bring up Tom Brady? Because ultimately, the quarterback just matters that much. The quarterback matters the most. It's great if you can have a great defense. Ask Buffalo how that's worked out for them. They have a great defense and what many believe to be a great offense, and it still isn't enough to have anything more than one AFC title game appearance in the Josh Allen era. Got to be able to combine it all and get it all together. And Right now, our offense is well behind where our defense is. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. Jeff and Eastlake up next on the fan. Actually, leading us off here tonight. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how's it going, Jonathan? What's up, Jeff? Uh, yeah. First of all, I want to say the offense has definitely got to do their fair share. The defense should not have to carry them. And uh, you know, Deshaun, he is our main plane. He was to fly, but guess what? He took an emergency landing. And now we're wondering, is it going to be back? It's day to day. I mean, I don't know. I just want to hear your thoughts. We paid two hundred thirty, you know, thirty million dollars, and let the shorts be with you. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you, Jeff. Um, I, by the way, I, I'm not a big made the Schwartz be with you guy. I think it's just because I'm not a Star Wars guy. 
I, I think that's all that. If I was a Star Wars guy, I'd probably really love May the Schwartz be with you. I liked Star Wars. My my older brother growing up loved Star Wars. We used to have all the different toys and the video games and everything. He loved Star Wars. And then I watched the one with Jar Jar Binks. No, oh, thank you. Like, that ruined it for me. And it wasn't just like the a million different uh, uh, Pepsi commercials and Frito-Lay commercials that he was on. I can handle those. It was like the actual movie itself. Like, it was like, uh, J- Jar Jar is what you came up with? You had the whole world universe to come up with? That's what you came up with? I don't really take the May the Schwartz be with you. I really don't. But, yeah, I, I can't tell you when Deshaun's going to be back. I don't know that. I don't have that answer. I, I don't. I would I would guess. You made me guess. I would guess he's back for this week. But, honestly, it's Tuesday right now, and we haven't heard any, anything more about it. So I can't tell you one way or another. If he's out for this next week against Indianapolis, we won't have the quarterback advantage. We'll have a heavy defensive advantage. We will not have the quarterback advantage there. Oh, I almost texted Owen. I never text Owen, by the way. I never text Owen. I almost texted him. I heard him in the morning show, and they asked uh, they asked him if he'd rather have P.J. Walker. They were, like, asking the room, right? Because, like, would you rather P.J. Walker or Gardner Minshew? He's like, I'd rather have P.J. Walker. And I wanted to – it's one of those moments where you, you, you want to just – you want to hit your, your radio as if to pretend that that would change anything in the response. I was like, what? Gardner Minshew, have you guys looked at his touchdown-to-interception ratio? Have you seen what he's done in his pro career? Like 46 touchdowns of 15 picks. It's an insane, it's like a, it's an insane number of touchdowns and interceptions. Yeah, no. I've, Gardner Minshew is the answer 11 times out of 10. He is the, for my money, the best backup in the, in the entire league. I just, uh, it's, it's, it's not going to make a difference when it comes to what you're going to see out there on Sunday relative to Deshaun Watson versus PJ Walker because that, that there's a there's just a mountain size gap that we're not going to be over, able to overcome. But yeah, is the defense going to look good against Gardner Minshew? Probably they'd look good. The way they've looked good amongst just about everybody this year. That's what they do. But it doesn't matter if PJ Walker looks like what he did against San Francisco and you try to run that one back week in, week out, week in, week out. Because let's be honest. There was a million circumstances that went our way in that game that we're not going to be able to replicate in Indy in a dome of all places that I think would have changed the course of uh, outcomes for us in that game. 2 one 6 4 7 4 to below 92. Don't want to make it seem like I just rained on anyone's parade there. I'm just, that's how I feel about the whole ordeal. You can't have P.J. Walker, who rated out as the worst-rated quarterback last week, according to PFF, which is not gospel, but you can't make worst into looking good. You can't have that and expect to continue on with that. But if Deshaun comes back, I expect him from the Colts game on, to find his footing, and then maybe by the Jacksonville game, December 10th. Oh, that's a lot of that's a lot of games from now, though. Maybe the November 12th Ravens game. The excuses for the offense have to be completely out of the window, and they have to start coming close to what this defense is, at least sniffing what this defense has been. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Lewis and Shaker up next. Hello, Lewis. JP, I expect him to be. Let me tell you why. All right. This whole Deshaun fiasco started with the Texans and him complaining that they're not trying to win. So if that game Sunday did not motivate him, does not have him chomping at the bit to get back, because he should be able to see that this team is built to win. What the defense did is they put all eight chips in the middle, Teddy KGB, put all this stuff in the middle. <laughs> and what you going to do, Mike McDee? Are you going to fold or are you going to call? 
That is on him now. And I expect him to be ready, to be fired up, and to be ready to go. I expect to see a different Deshaun. I expect to see him highly motivated and firing on all cylinders when he gets back. That's what I expect to see. Yeah, like right away. And thank you, Wilson. I always appreciate a rounder's reference. Thank you very much. Uh, it, uh, it always makes me want to go into my really bad John Malkovich uh, Russian mobster impression. But then again, that was a really bad Russian mobster impression to begin with. You ever watch any of like the, the uncut stuff with rounders and around rounders? Matt Damon basically went in there and told John Malkovich to be, you know, like, hey, be, be a Russian mobster and make this all work. And then John Malkovich came out with the worst the worst impression ever, but he's John Malkovich, so people just let it be. All right, that was awesome. That was great. I want to get to a point in life where that's where people are. Uh, anything I do, it, that's, that was awesome. That was fantastic because nobody has the stones to tell him otherwise that it wasn't great. And let's be fair, you remember Ice is Full, Mike, because of how bad that accent was. That's why you remember it. Little, maybe he knew the entire time. I don't know. Maybe he knew. But the point is, he's 100% right. You have to be able to get Deshaun Watson to a spot where he can carry the offense and we can have the offense to a part where, hell, maybe the offense could win us a game. Instead of the defense putting everyone on their shoulders, maybe the offense can win us a game. Right now at this part in the season. Deshaun has some leeway with the idea that the defense is clicking on all cylinders. I would expect that to last because the defense, unless we had some injuries, wouldn't just melt down. I really do believe in what Jim Schwartz is doing. I really do. You guys know I believe in it. You know I believe they're the best defense in the NFL. And you know I believe what they can do. But you can't have the 27th rated offense week in, week out. When have you ever seen the 27th rated offense do anything in the postseason? Answer me that. When's the last time you've seen the 27th rated offense do anything in the postseason? And I'm not just here to play for smiles and push pops and everything else. I'm here for a deep postseason run, okay? Some people are like, oh, just get me to the postseason and I'll be happy. I that No, no. Not based off of what this defense has shown me, not based off of what you paid for Deshaun Watson and what we should be getting out of Deshaun Watson. There should be expectations on this team. And starting with this game against the Colts, if Deshaun can go, we have to be expecting big things here based off of what they've shown us. 216474 to below 92. Howard and Parma Heights up next. Hello, Howard. Hey, how's it going, Jonathan? What's up, Howard? Well, a couple things. I like, uh, Kyle, uh, I like to tell him we got 32 reasons why he lost on Sunday. It was basically about all the players that played that day. And the second one is I got a, a nickname for you. I hope uh, it has a little history and concurrent. Uh, it's called Dog Domination, Double D. <laughs> Thank you, Howard. All right, Boom, judge it. One to ten, no whole numbers. We'll do this like uh, like old joke of the day style. One to ten, no whole numbers. What do you think of Oh, Dog Domination? Is that what that was, Dog Domination? Yeah, something like that. I like that. alliteration a lot, so it's got me from there, but I think it it sounds it sounds very preschool. It's a little cheesy guy. Yeah, a little cheesy guy. Yeah. A little bit, just a little bit. You're not even gonna put a number. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna. Hey, I don't want to. I don't want to be no. that disrespectful. No, that man sounds like he's a family. We can't do that to him here. All right, two one six four seven four to below ninety two on Twitter. There you can find me. I'm at JP. Why do you guys hang in? Hang tight. Is the narrative still as the season goes? Deshaun goes, or are you saying to yourself, this defense can take us where we need to go? 
It's overtime. We're John at the Beatle here with you guys on the fan. Simmons joining us, ProFootballTalk.com, coming up in 15 minutes. I'm getting some tweets in here, and our Twitter reactions powered by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. I am asking you guys at the top of this whether or not the narrative of, you know, as the season goes, Deshaun goes, is just going to be pushed out the window because now we have this elite defense. I'm saying uh, in Lee Corso style, not so fast, my friends. I still think we need to have an elite Deshaun Watson, and that narrative and the idea that, we are only as good as Deshaun Watson. I think it still remains true, even though we have what I believe to be the league's best defense. I think you can beat some regular season teams. I'm not expecting much regular season success if Deshaun Watson doesn't put it together and we continue to have the 27th best rated offense, according to DVOA. Like That's just where I stand with it. And I want to hear from you guys, 216 474 to below 92. I got a, I got a DM in here. That counts the same for X and... For our Twitter reactions, right? It was a DM. It's all right. Not everybody wants to tweet, and uh, I get that completely. Get that completely. But I got a DM, and the guy says, you know, what about Peyton Manning? The end of Peyton Manning's time in Denver, he was throwing ducks, and then he sent a box score of the Broncos and the Panthers and that Super Bowl 50. I forget that was 50. You guys are going to hate my answer. Is it okay? Is it all right? You're, you're going to hate my answer, but it's just what I believe, and this is what I have to tell it to you guys. So I don't believe he's wrong, and it was, I think it's an outlier. It is what it is. You can get one every so often. Peyton Manning won the MVP two years prior to that, but he is right. He was throwing ducks. By the, by the, by the time he had his last year in Denver, he had almost twice as many interceptions. He has touchdowns that year. They went through a, a three-game postseason stretch to get to the Super Bowl because they had such a dominant regular season where they beat the Steelers 23-16, the Patriots 20-18, to and then the Panthers 24-10 in a game where the Broncos' defense was so good, they were so good that Cam Newton played a worse game than Peyton Manning in that one, which at that point seemed like it was almost impossible. Cam, That was a game afterwards where Cam Newton went to the uh, – uh, the media and he had a, he had like a big meltdown afterwards and that became one of the more focal points of Cam Newton's career until later on when Cam kind of was able to erase himself from that. But for a while there, that was like the big narrative on Cam was that big moment after the Super Bowl. But here's what I think you guys might not like. In the Patrick Mahomes era, I don't think you can have what Peyton Manning did eight years ago have happen again. I just don't think it exists anymore. Not in this era of the AFC quarterbacks and not in the Patrick Mahomes era where, again, look at last year's Super Bowl. you got to be in the high 30s to win that game. A defense in the Eagles that are it was supposed to be incredible. Four guys on their defensive line had double-digit sacks. One of the best defenses in the NFL. Jonathan Gannon got a head coaching job based off of that defense in Philadelphia. And you fast forward and it's like, well, wait, Patrick Mahomes still got his. That's what happens these days. These these quarterbacks are so good. Everyone's so talented. If you can't acknowledge that the quarterback position has changed in such a way that the talent, the elite talent, has only gotten so much better, I just don't think having a great defense is what can get you deep into the postseason at this point. I just don't think that. I believe you can have a great defense, and then you can have a subpar quarterback that eventually in the postseason has this aha moment and does Joe Flacco in 2008 where he's just awesome for a month and then you can ride that I believe in that for sure I do you know that's Nick Foles all over again is all that is 
We've seen that. That can happen. But then that person is basically going as a cosplay of somebody that is a really good quarterback. Like Nick Foles in that Super Bowl run might as well have been wearing the Peyton Manning Halloween mask because that's what he was doing. 216474-0092. not saying it can never happen. I'm just saying if you were to make your odds and you were make your, to make your bets on it, we need Deshaun Watson to be really, really good, or at least maybe not even as good as we thought he was going to be, but we need to get him there is the point. And that's got to be the challenge ahead for the Browns is getting Deshaun Watson to that point. I have not abandoned that narrative because our defense has been so elite and so awesome. Flint in Geneva up next. Hello, Flint. Hey, how are you doing, John DePeterman? Ashtabula loves you. Uh, <laughs> just wanted to know, what, what are your thoughts on this defense if they continue their, their run at, at how they're going throughout the season and post one of the best years of all? Where do you think they rank if they don't win a Super Bowl? You may, I'll answer. Thank you. Thank you, Flint. I appreciate you, man. By the way, I want that on a T-shirt so bad. Like, Ashtabula loves you is a fantastic way to start a phone call. Absolutely love that. Um, if they don't win, they don't win the Super Bowl, where is it? The defense doesn't – none of it matters if they don't win. We talk about the 85 Bears and the 2000 Ravens for a reason. It's because they won. Like you, just, you just don't care. You don't care. If they don't win and they don't get the job done, you can have an elite among elite defense. We We don't care. We don't care if you don't get the job done. That's that's how this society works. You have elite offense. If you don't get the job done, we don't care. That's why Josh Allen, a decade from now, if he continues to not win Super Bowls and not go to AFC title games, nobody's going to care that he's awesome during the regular season for stretches. I stopped caring a year ago. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Call it unfair, just reality. Steve up next. Hello, Steve. Jonathan. Good evening. Good evening, Steve. Uh, I'm. I, I call in because it, it just drives me nuts. When I look at Watson and when when the team goes out and gets um, everybody's thinking, okay, yeah, we got this piece of gold. Yeah, man, we're going to do great things. And I'll be honest with you, so far all I see is fool's gold. Uh, I don't think anything's going to change. Even when he had his really good game, and I'm not going to say he didn't, but the thing is, is Cooper is wide open, and what's he do? He still underthrows the ball. The guy's got to catch it at his hip. So those are things I look at that I'm like, those are what's troubling. And then the next, and then you don't even hear about injury. And then all of a sudden he's out. He decides to take himself out. So those are the things I'm, I'm looking at. The defense is great and they're going to keep us in a lot of games, but it won't matter if we don't have a quarterback to go with it. Yeah. I mean, you're right, Steve. You got the right idea. And thank you as always. You got the right idea. I saw a quote earlier today, by the way. I think it was Jake Trotter had this one. I want to credit it appropriately. He said that P.J. Walker reached out to Jacoby Brissett for advice on the on the game on Sunday. He's like, hey, what can I do? Uh, what, what should I look for? What, what can I do? And, and, and Tyrod said this, or excuse me, Jacoby said the same thing that, that basically I yell at my TV screen every single Sunday. Uh, throw the ball to Amari and good things happen. And just throw the ball to Amari. He's always going to be open. He will always find a way open. He's going to make the catch. Throw the ball to Amari, good things happen. And then he was able to throw the ball to Amari a couple times, including that big third and seven play that he, I don't know, he leaped up to the heavens and then was able to pull it down. Like, that's Amari Cooper in a nutshell. That guy up next, hello, that guy. We could have had C.J. Stroud. <laughs> we could have had no, we C.J. Have. Stroud if we had our pick. <laughs> no, we couldn't have. I mean, maybe. No, no, that's not how the draft works. He went number two overall. That's not how it works. Oh, oh. 
Okay, well, I mean, we could have had, okay, we could have had somebody else, you know. What I, I mean, but the point is, is that, you know, again, and we've, we've said this multiple times, is that we gave up so much for him. And, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not giving up on him. Not quite yet. I'm not, I'm not no, giving no up No, no need on to. Him. No need to, that guy. Because um, I think you're right, you know. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think we could still do all right even without Watson because, I mean, we have, I mean, we, ha- we, we do have a rookie quarterback. And I think, I mean, you know, the Ravens game, he didn't do so well, but I just, you know, it, he was just put in a bad situation, a bad spot, and yeah. just not a very good decision from the fancy uh, with what he did. Um, but I think, if, all right, let's just put it this way. If Watson doesn't play this game, maybe we should see what DTR can do. I mean, no, like, no, no, I mean, no. no. That, that guy, we can't. I mean, they we can't go back to that well, man. That well's dried up. We can't do it. No. The matchups are no. easier for him this time. No, you know? got no, man. I like you. We got and thank you, man. I we got to get that thought out of our head. DTR is not a. That's not an area we can go down anymore. Okay. Put him like you, you. You know how your parents have like fine china. They used to like hide, like hide it in a cabinet so that you wouldn't touch it ever. That's what we need to do with DTR. You just put him in the cabinet. You just lock him away. You put him behind glass and you say, just do not touch. Okay. You can't touch him. Not for another year. Year plus, and then eventually when you get older, you can go ahead and you can, you know, maybe we use the fine china for Thanksgiving. Maybe we take it out. Well, you know, when when Stefanski and Deshaun Watson get a little bit older in this offense and DTR gets a little bit older in his career, then we can take him out and play with him, okay? But we can't do it right now. He He's untouchable for the remainder of the season. It's P.J. Walker or it's Deshaun Watson. And if it's not Deshaun Watson this upcoming week, it's got to be P.J. Walker. Was he outstanding? No, no. But he at least looked like he knew what he was doing out there. He was competent. Had a couple bad interceptions, sure, but he was competent. All right, the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland crew of Daryl Ryder and Eddie Baskin is ready for whatever comes next in Berea before Kevin Spansky and his crew hit the road for Indy. Subscribe now, 923thefan.com or the Odyssey app to get two episodes each week, plus the special post-game edition sponsored locally by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solution. We come on back, Miles Simmons, profootballtalk.com, with the latest on the Browns and exactly what he's thinking. Can you win with an elite defense or do we need Deshaun to get to being that top 10 quarterback we spent all offseason talking about him being? It's overtime with Jonathan Beadle here with you on The Fan.